0: Show me
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues. Where this week we'll be taking a look at Spider-Man: Life Story, the 2019 Marvel Series Collecting Issues 1 to 6 of the series by Chip Zdarsky and Mark Bagley, originally published in 2019.
0: Oh, very good. Was it 2019? It was. We're we're doing modern comics. Modern, très modern. We're doing very modern comics, Ben. But this is a very modern comic with a twist. It's got a bloody, it's got a bloody twist, Ben. Just very quickly. And Go on. You know, this is probably the most ridiculous thing we've ever done here on collecting issues. How foolish. How foolish of us. But Ben, why don't you just very quickly tell us
1: who even is Spider-Man? Spider-Man? Yes. Is a superhero from Marvel Comics that came out in 1962. Mm-hmm. Um, in Amazing Fantasy number one. I want to say that, but anyway... Swinging through the sky He's Peter Parker Got bitten by a big Radioactive spider 15 Amazing Fantasy 15 Amazing Fantasy 15 Take that back um, Got bitten by a radioactive spider Got some bloody superpowers Lost an uncle Had a tragic incident mm-hmm. And then uh, battered us over the head With the same phrase For the next 70 years With great power Comes Great responsibility 57 years have passed Ben Since
0: 1962
1: I said 70 I was wrong again um, 57 years have passed Since then And Michael that's exactly what we're looking at in this bloody comic.
0: Very good, Ben. What is the central conceit of this?
1: So, as you know, Michael, most superheroes exist in a kind of a stasis. Well, most
0: superheroes. I disagree with you. Straight off the bat, the the no, mar- Marvel and DC superheroes exist. Marvel and
1: DC continuities exist in a kind of stasis, Michael, where the characters mm-hmm. remain kind of the age they hit their prime yeah. over and over mm-hmm. in perpetuity until, you know... It becomes interesting to do an Elseworlds version or a What If version of their character, um, which is what we're looking at today, Michael. This is the Marvel Universe, if the Marvel Universe aged accordingly.
0: Yeah, that's it, basically. Because, you know, some characters, let's look at just Iron Man very briefly, for example. Yeah. What war did he fight
1: in? It was supposed to be Nam, wasn't it?
0: Was, it? was it not Korea originally? Oh, it could have been because Korea. Because he was created in the early yeah. 60s. So it could have been Korea. Yeah, it was Korea, then it became Nam, then it became Afghanistan.
1: Afghanistan. And
0: they keep rebooting him basically. And he's kind of a perpetual 35 year old.
1: He's a perpetual prisoner of war, Michael, mm. in his origin story.
0: And that's what superheroes happen. That's what happens with superheroes. Sometimes it doesn't really matter. Captain America can go into the ice in World War II. come out whenever the heck he
1: wants. Come out whenever you want. If anything, it's more interesting from a storytelling point of view if there's more of a passage of time.
0: Yeah. However, yeah, because in the original
1: one, he was only on that ice for about 10 years. Which isn't that long at all. No, not really. Um, Yeah, he doesn't, you know, there's no big shock there. But... When you bloody go into the ice and bloody forty five, and then come out in bloody 2008. bloody two thousand and eight, that's a big Hoo-wee. difference. What what a
0: jumperoo! It's going to become an issue, I think, soon with a lot of the X Men villains whose histories are linked to World War Two.
1: Oh no! Because what's Eric lencher going to do? when he isn't a Holocaust survivor.
0: We're going to get pretty close to. It's not realistic for him to still be alive if he was alive during the during the the, old the Nazi old days Holocaust.
1: Mm. Anyway, uh, look, we'll figure it out. But it's that's comics. what this is. Yeah, um, exactly. And it's just a very realistic look. Um, is it, at is that. it realistic? Uh, well, no, it's still a superhero comic, it's sorry. It. Uh, it, one aspect of it is a little more realistic, and that's time. It's
0: the passage of time. It's the story. It's the li- As the name indicates, Ben, it's the life story of Peter Parker. Of Spooderman. Yeah.
1: Um, Chip Zdarsky has taken a crack at it. Chip Zdarsky has been giving us some pretty stellar uh, Spider-Man comic book stories lately. Has he? Uh, his Peter Parker run was was pretty pretty well received by audiences what was that about um and it was just following peter parker as he tried to get his life back together you know it's, like, it's a classic you can see he's, he's always P- at peter parker's a hot mess he's a
0: he's, hot mess he's always causing problems for he's himself a,
1: he's a hot sexy mess
0: <laughs> do you see yourself as a kind of a peter parker bed
1: no i am i'm am just a mess uh. there's less hot and sexy about me mm. unless i'm having a good day in which case get oh, out of my way Non stop Get out of my way. Uh, And Mark Bagley's back. Mark Bagley, we probably know from uh, bloody, uh, the the bloody Ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man. Hundreds of issues, right? Hundreds. One of his longest runs. An impressive run from Mark Bagley. Very manga-influenced kind of style in Ultimate Spider-Man. A little bit more, a little bit more grounded. In this one, oh,
0: you can definitely still see a bit of uh, manga influence. Oh here. no, there
1: definitely is, Michael. And we'll get to that. Don't you worry, and buddy guys. Oh, you ho, ho, ho. there's also still a bit of the old uh,
0: Ditko influence and a bit of the Romita yeah, influence. There's a little as bit well. of everything
1: going on in there, Michael. We're going to take a look at all of it. um One of the interesting things about this, Michael, is that each issue mm-hmm. of the six is a new decade. So we take a lot of time jumping, mm-hmm. a lot of hopping about, a lot of in medias res.
0: Well, it is and it isn't really, isn't it? It's basically. Basically, every issue is as close as you can get to a summary of what happened in 10 years of Spider-Man comics.
1: Yeah, it's just trying to keep up. Yeah.
0: Yep. It's a summary of 10 years of Spider-Man comics in
1: one comic. With a quick key event.
0: Yeah. And each each one has a a key event. Some periods, really beloved by fans... Other periods hated by fans. Mm,
1: There's a lot of glossing, spinning, shining, jumping, swinging.
0: Very little. um, It really is. And this is something I enjoyed about it, Ben. It is very much Spider-Man's life story. They haven't glossed over
1: the the not so great, the not so popular stuff. Mm. They've
0: fully embraced it and says, look, if you want to look at Spider-Man's history, there, or you're, are these you're patches, get it. there are these patches where things were a bit odd and we're going to address them. Don't you feckin' blink. But Ben, it is very much not a summary of the 10 years. It's a new story.
1: Oh no, because it's a what if. Uh, mm-hmm. Chip Zdarsky takes a lot of license with some of the, the key events of Spider-Man's mm-hmm. past and, and gives him an old juggle. It gives you a swap around. The key events are all still there. So, Michael, let's pretty get into it because there's a lot to cover we're here. We're going
0: to go into it bloody decade
1: by decade. Oh, I think we're going to have to, Michael, because it's pretty important. So let's start with the, the bloody 60s in issue number one, Michael. Mm. Um, we have our classic nerd, Parker. Yeah. Uh, a, a little sweater vest. He has a sweater um, vest on. And it's kind of one of the interesting aspects that was really played around with in, in early... Um, Spider-Man is Spider-Man was kind of like a, a do-gooder yeah. and a real straight-laced kind of guy mm-hmm. um, and in this one he's dealing with the implications of the Vietnam War he's now Ben
0: this is something I'm going to have to ask you oh. did Spider-Man in the 60s deal with the Vietnam War
1: I don't think so but I haven't done enough research
0: neither have I I haven't read enough Someone hopefully, hopefully a listener can tell us
1: yeah I don't know if he was Pro, I doubt he was pro-Vietnam, although he could have been because it was a publication. And yeah, there might have been a bit of propaganda. It was for kids.
0: But I certainly don't have any association in my mind until this comic. I was The thing I was most surprised by in this comic was the Vietnam vibes going
1: on. Some strong, strong Vietnam vibes, man. All mm-hmm. day, all yeah. day. A lot of Vietnaming going on. Um... And I, I think probably one of the central things, and we can touch on it now because it runs throughout every single issue here, is Civil War is preempted massively here. The famous comic book run in Marvel of Civil War, mm-hmm. uh, Iron Man versus Captain America, is established in the 60s here. Yeah. Um, with...
0: Because Iron Man goes in on the side of America.
1: Tony Stark is heavily for government uh, helping the nation's military etc mm-hmm. like that and captain america feels a lot of pressure to go one way or the other mm-hmm. um and uh, he ends up he ends up being very much pro Viet Cong or very much pro liberty in general i, mean, I don't pro- know people not getting pro killed. people not getting killed that is, is, like is where is. is where captain america lands on it um and i suppose the big twist at the end of the the first decade is that oh my god captain america's gone rogue he's gone rogue he's yeah, gone to defend he's um, gone rogue
0: to defend life, Ben. Did you think the 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 fact that Giant Man was there, a giant superhero in Vietnam, was that a little Watchman? Oh, I things? think there's huge Watchman vibes running throughout this. Yeah,
1: and um, this huge Watchman vibes. The the key event in Spider Man's life here is obviously one of the big throwdowns with the Green Goblin.
0: Yes. Now, Ben, despite <coughs> both Osborns having their hair that looks like uh, the ridgy, the, the ridgy hair, the famous Osborn ridgy hair, zigzag red and black. Yeah. Um. This was one of my favourite ever depictions of how threatening Norman Osborn was. Oh, it's really good. There's the scene all, all in the, bar, the menace. The scene in the bar where he reveals to Peter that he knows who he is and says, look around at all of my pumpkins."
1: Yeah. Very good. One of the best things about the Raimi Spider-Man mm-hmm. was the level of menace brought to the Norman Osborn role. Mm-hmm. Not the Green Goblin. But Norman Osborn himself, the level of power that he liked to wield and kind of manipulate Peter with was really well shown in that. And it's really well shown here as well. Um, you feel that kind of sweaty, kind of like, oh, God, he knows. You know, and you feel that tension. It's
0: real good. was a little bit to me of reminiscence of the best scene of Spider-Man Homecoming where Michael Keaton confronts him in the car.
1: Yeah, that was nice. There was a
0: hint of the Michael Keaton having a there chat was a with hint him in of the, the Michael car. Keaton's.
1: In fairness to the Norman Osborn character, that was something that was played around with um, a lot in, mm. in the 60s that oh does Norman know does he not know oh good Norman got some amnesia he got amnesia I don't, I don't have to deal with this anymore because mm-hmm. Norman doesn't know anymore because you couldn't just kill your villain back in the day no Michael you couldn't do that couldn't really do that. Couldn't have Spider-Man beat the pulp out of him either. He had to kind of bang his head and have a little accident mm-hmm. and then, oh, oh, Norman's got amnesia. But does he have amnesia? Oh my God. 18 issues later, he was faking it all along. And it wasn't even Norman. It was a robot. And this is played with massively in the first arc. It's good establishing. I, I think it's a great opening issue because Chip Zdarsky really lays things where they are. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, this is how things are going to goddamn go. This is not the Spider-Man you know it is. Mm-hmm. But it ain't. Um, one of the things that I think he really establishes quite strongly, for better or worse, I'm not sure how I feel about it, is Peter Parker is very bloody wallowy. Yeah, he is. Very bloody whiny. He takes it out on
0: Flash Thompson.
1: Takes it out on just about anybody he can get his bloody mitts on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you're dealing with a lot of uh, Flash Thompson stuff. You know, oh, we were, we were enemies and I'm real bitter about high school and but you no, shouldn't be friends. going off and fighting that bloody war. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose that leads us nicely into to issue number two, because um, he has that confrontation. And then we find out in issue number two, which is the 70s, that Flash Thompson only went and bloody... Uh, he
0: went and died. Went and died. And that's, uh, that's I think, the first major departure, isn't it? That's Well, I suppose the whole Captain America Civil War thing. But the fact that he's talking to you in that scene, he's talking to the ghost of Flash instead of the ghost of Uncle Ben. I thought it'd be the ghost of Uncle Ben. Yeah, Flash seems to replace Uncle Ben in a lot of ways. In, in the many person ways. He could have saved...
1: I think one of the big pieces of guilt that he leaves Spider-Man with is that he was a huge fan of Spider-Man. He said that's what mm-hmm. Spider-Man would do.
0: Uh, again, something from the, the new Spider-Man films. Yeah, Flash is Flash a pretty
1: big, big spider crush. Mm. Um One of the really interesting things about the 70s is that his relationship with Gwen Stacy is fully established. It's 100% uh, locked down. Mary Jane is just a club girl. There was no uh, loss of her to the Green Goblin on a a Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, she definitely survives that. She survives all that and she goes through life. And she's a very successful young lady scientist in her own right. Mm -hmm. um, And he's a very successful scientist in his own right. Um, Peter has signed on with Future Foundation. Headed yep. up by bloody Reed Richards, notorious prick Reed Richards, uh, notorious prick Reed Richards, which is again really established here in this one, um, and he's going through all that, um, and there, what we start to notice about Peter is, um, you know, Peter always likes to look back on his life and say, "Oh, what could have been with Gwen Stacy?" But their mm-hmm. relationship is is in no great shape, Michael. No, there's a bit of strain. Yeah, he kind of ignores her for he Spider-Man. kind of ignores her for for Spider Man and for uh, and for science. Yeah. And um, I think Chip Zdarsky is taking a little bit of pleasure here in in going through the Spider-Man catalogue and saying, look, Spider-Man may not have chosen the right things all the time. He could have made some poor choices. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the interesting things here is um, poor choices are there to be made and be made frequently mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in this comic. And I think that's really established by Chip Zdarsky as we go through. So Spider-Man, I think, is... One of my issues with this comic is Spider-Man is intensely unlikable to he's me. A real prick. He's a prick. He's not a likable character no. at all. He's not as much
0: of a prick as Ray Richards but he's not far off. But he's not far off.
1: And there are very few redeeming moments here for, for Spider-Man but we'll get to that. We'll get to that as we go along. Um, the central event here is that we meet Miles Warren. It's the clone saga. It's the clone saga, yeah. We meet Miles Warren. Which, Ben, I thought
0: wasn't the 70s. I thought that was the early 90s. I think it was
1: late 70s. Was it? Early... That's when it all started. Mid 80s, yeah Okay. I'm I'm not see it went on for so many years Michael I think people forget how long saga and it wasn't originally launched as an event there I think Mm. people think of it now as the clone saga because the ultimate Spider-Man had a storyline called the clone saga but the clone saga was a fan term from the 90s that that, to kind of address how bloody long have we been going through Mm. this Um, and the central villain of the clone saga is Miles Warren um, and in this, he's not a villain in the same way. Um, in the original Clone Saga, he's the Jackal.
0: He turns into a monster.
1: Um, he he has a he has a Green Goblin style transformation. Transformation. The Jackal is one of Spider Man's earliest villains. He's actually um, a big green villain again. Is he not brown? Uh, it depends on which comic you're reading. Okay. Sometimes he's green. Sometimes he's brown. Um, and he can transform into a Jackal and Hyde kind of style thing. and mm-hmm. He becomes the Jackal. Um, and the jackal was a big cloner and it was Miles Warren and we find out in this in a twist of fate because mm-hmm. Harry's had to pick up where his father left off because his father's been put in prison even that's, though he's amnesiac as the, the black goblin as the black goblin but it turns out that poor Al Harry is the same as ever before and he's always easily manipulated by his yeah. father because he just wants to be daddy's boy
0: yeah, that's all he wants I just want to be your boy dad and I just want to be, I'm your boy Don't call me dad, Ben. It freaks me
1: out. I know. Sorry. Um, But yeah. Anyway, he wants that and um, he's set to blow up all of Miles Warren's work because Mm -hmm. Miles Warren is a huge competitor um, and was working for Norman Osborn. He was financed by Norman Osborn to make a spider clone Mm. because um, bloody Norman Osborn wanted Peter Parker to be his heir, not Harry, which is a real mindfuck. Yeah, but that's Norman Um, Osborn for you. And they blow it up and it turns out all along they find there's a clone of bloody Harry Osborn. And there's a clone of bloody. Um, bloody Gwen Stacy. Or is there? And Miles Warren has a bloody breakdown. And the boy goes, mm. no! And we go, why? And it turns out that Gwen Stacy wasn't the real Gwen Stacy. It was a bloody clone of Gwen Stacy all along. Or was she? And the real Gwen Stacy was in the tank. Or was she? I don't know if she wasn't this. Or was she? Because we later
0: find out that, that Norman messing been, around with it been having a tinker yeah tinker tanker and we find out that oh, he, that's true he tricked Peter just to mess with Peter so it might that might have been the original Gwen as well who knows we just don't know anyway Ben I think we might be spending too long just describing yeah, go on, what go happens on, keep, going, of, keep going, keep going. Of, keep going. Go on, you take over then because you're in much the better bloody, in efficiency in the bloody 80s Ben the big yeah. twist is that Peter Parker's now in his late 30s yeah and he's got bloody Mary Jane. He's only got her up the duff and he's had two little babies. Two little babes. But the, the big event from the 80s, of course, Ben, was nineteen eighty four Secret Wars. Secret Wars. So
1: Spider-Man gets taken away to fight in the Secret Wars. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's not there for the birth of his chiddlers. Mm-hmm. Um, Aunt May has dementia. Yes. Full-blown well, you know, dementia. a big twist as well. Dark. Very Dark. Dark. Mm. Um, she's still waiting for Ben to come home mm. <clears throat> Ben never does come home does he no nope. um, anyway he has the kids um, we find out that uh, a, l- a few issues earlier that that Reed Richards Sue left him for Namor mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dark timeline it is this is the darkest timeline this is the darkest timeline everyone has beards that's the, one of the things that I've really noticed here um and a lot of things happened to spider-man in the 80s we have the famous craven you've got craven's last
0: hunt craven's you've got last hunt, wars and you've got
1: venom venom uh, so this is like this is the defining era for for spider-man mm. a lot of what we know now as Spider-Man. And again, Zadarski's playing fast and loose with some of the rules here. He's having a, he's giving a little juggle. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I'm going to do Battle World. I'm going to cover Secret Wars. Yeah. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, I got it. We got Venom as well.
1: Uh, we got Venom as well. He's coming on in there. Um, and it's very much in the same way that we, we've come to see it in Secret Wars. He goes to get the suit repaired. There's a bloody symbiote sitting there on the table. And they, they bond together. And they make their new costume. But... Mm-hmm. It would seem that this symbiote is is far more dedicated to to saving Peter Parker's life because... um,
0: Well, it's much more the venom that we know.
1: Yeah, it's the the, the loving venom. Mm -hmm. The loving Well, the over-possessive venom. Kind of, yeah. Um, yeah. But this time, Peter's a much more honest man. Mm -hmm. He's he's saying, look, I know this is bad. I know this isn't good. I'm not falling into it. Um, But uh, yeah, I know this isn't great. Uh, So I I have my eye on it. Mary Jane knows what to do. And uh, that eventually happens because Craven takes him out like they do in Craven's Last Hunt. But the symbiote comes to his rescue and bursts him out of the ground. Um, and we have a scene where, where Craven kind of falls on hard times and becomes very disillusioned and uh, he's about to take his own life. But then...
0: Uh I suppose we're kind of wrong a little bit, Ben. Why? Why am I Cause wrong? Because the 90s is really... You're not wrong. We were wrong. We were wrong. The 70s was the kind of Miles Warren, Gwen Stacy saga. Yeah. But the 90s is the clone saga. That's when we... See what oh, when ben they're Riley's all up against each up other, too. Yeah, okay. And we find out that he's gone off and lived his own life, and they're trying to figure out who's the real Ben Riley. The, the Osborns all kind of get knocked off. It's not the most eventful, actually, the 90s episodes, other than the fact both Osborne's are killed.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, so we lose Harry in the 90s mm-hmm. issue, issue four. Is it we on issue four? Yeah, we're ready. four. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. Yeah. And um, Doc Ock is back. He's ancient and wizened and Mm -hmm. um, he's a bit mad from grief because he fell in love with Aunt May, which was a famous storyline from the 60s. Mm -hmm. Um, And she left him, I think. She dumped him, didn't she? Yeah. because he doesn't understand. He thinks it was Spider-Man that made her leave, Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't. Um, And look, we get through all that. And Ben Reilly comes back and then it turns out that Doc Ock reveals oh but Peter Peter you you. were the clone all along. Mm. Um, Which is actually really good news for Peter because he's been trying to wrestle between family and spider man Mm. and he realises right away he's like I'm a sharp egg. I I know what's happening here. Um, And he realises that Norman amnesiac Mm. Norman little old Norman has been pulling strings all along. Mm. But he takes the opportunity to slip away tires. to the New York Spider-Man countryside. No and more. He gives everything including Parker Industries yeah,
0: to Ben, to Ben who becomes Peter, who becomes Peter, which is a nice kind of uh, distillation of the Clone Saga.
1: <laughs> it was a nice reconciliation as well. It gives Spider-Man time to have a whole family and it gives Chip Zdarsky time to flesh all that out. Um and then that brings us right on up to the sorry at the end of that Norman Osborn dies a crippled old man who didn't win anything. Don't summarize so much, Ben. Um, anyway, <laughs> you don't need to summarize. Sorry. Then we move into modern <laughs> Remember, Spider-Man. Everyone
0: who's everyone who's listening to this has read this,
1: Ben. And if you're not a if you're not a Spider-Man fan, the the thousands might be where it gets a little bit confusing.
0: Well, this was for me the the period where I kind of drifted most away from Spider-Man. Most of my yeah. Spider-Man knowledge from this
1: period. Is based on wiki. (laughs) Yeah, because the main villain is Morlin. And Morlin is a weird vampire thing that hunted Spider-Man because he was a totem. Yeah. Um, And he becomes one of Spider-Man's biggest villains. Mm -hmm. Um, But he doesn't register to me at all. He's not a huge deal in this. He's kind of sidetracked. He's just a threat that Peter has to compete with Mm. for a little bit. Um, And it it ends up being that they don't have a confrontation. Oh, it's pretty Peter's kids.
0: But I kind of like that in a way because the point... Of You know, a lot of people didn't like the Moreland stuff in Spider-Man comics. They didn't yeah, like this extra-dimensional spider Being. god yep. totem story. They are like, just let him be a radioactive guy who got bitten by a spider. It doesn't have to be a great mystical story. But, like with the Clone Saga, and like with Ben Reilly, and like with... Uh, I like in fact actually this that uh, Gwen Stacy gets to go off and live a happy life essentially.
1: Yeah she does. She leaves yeah. Ben
0: doesn't yeah, she, and she, she and she goes off and She goes off and just has her own adventure. Good for her. Yeah good for her. Good for Gwen. Good She's for you Gwen. She's had such a fucking hard time. But I like the fact that they did just bring him in. Like they can't ignore it. It was
1: a huge part of the history. As the, you said yeah. you, you want to see Spider-Man's history? I got Spider-Man's history.
0: Yeah. But you can't uh, look away. And Spider-Man's history in the 2000s is Ben Yeah. Our
1: Civil War yeah.
0: and Moreland, and the Spider Totems. Neither of which are great. Uh, look, they weren't my favourite stories either, but they're also happening at the same time that Spider-Man is in this story. He's yeah. bloody, what is he, 60?
1: He's in his 60s now, I think. So right? he's yeah. getting nice and old. Getting he's up got there. got two grown-up kids. Two full-grown. Mm-hmm. Full-grown. Um, and two storylines happen here. Uh, one is the amazing Civil War showdown.
0: Don't you summarise? Don't. I'm not doing it. I'm just. I'm
1: just explaining what's happening here. Okay. And Peter actually has to deal with civil war stuff with Tony Stark, who yeah. turns out to be a real fucking dick. He's bag. a real dick in this. He's a real dick. He he never left behind the weapons, arms dealing mm-hmm. kind of end of things. Well,
0: Chuck Sidarsky clearly has a take on civil war, and it's that Captain America was right, and Iron Man was a real dickhead.
1: I would be inclined to agree with Chip Sidarsky on that one, but I'd mm. say there's very little we'd agree on. But that'll be one thing that me and Chip can bond on
0: the thing about the thing about Civil War is though it was very easy for Tony Stark to be the bad guy in the Civil War because it was pre the movies
1: yeah so you could you could just turn him into a
0: villain yeah which he pretty much flat out did in this at and least now you can never do that today mm-hmm. although some of the people on his team were quite surprising the ones who were supporting yeah, um, who him Black was Widow again? Iron Fist Iron Fist is a strange one Iron Fist is a strange one. Although we don't know who's under that Iron Iron Fist suit. Yeah, it
1: might not be the actual it guy. Might be he Rand, had it very be kind of Norman Osborn Hammer vibes about him.
0: Well, no, Norman's dead now. Norman, there is, yeah. No, there is from, a, the, from the
1: Hammer Time when mm-hmm. Norman Osborn was in charge of Stop. S.H.I.E.L.D. Hammer Time. doo. Doo. Do, do, do.
0: But again, it's a kind of, it's a summary of... of Civil War But if everyone's really old
1: Yeah we got to see Older uh, Hawkeye Older Luke Cage Older Cloak and Dagger And then Captain America Is just like Ah I'm Grant Yeah he seems to be Aging slowly Yeah he just doesn't Do the aging thing Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody dies in this issue Which is kind of Interesting I suppose Because everybody else Has had Everything else has ended On a very dark note Mm -hmm. And this ends on a very Positive note I suppose Um, Spider-Man's family is fine Mm -hmm. Um. And he makes it out and they have to kind of make a Civil War choice. And that leads us to the end issue, Michael, which is probably the weakest issue for me.
0: Oh, you think so? Uh,
1: Well, for me. For me, Michael. You think um, so, do you? The thing I really hate about it is weird Craven symbiote. Okay. And silly Doc Ock twist.
0: Well, let's... Hold on. Hold on a second. That's not a silly twist at all. Okay. Because here's why it's not a silly twist. Because Superior Spider-Man was a whole thing. The the defining Spider-Man moments of the 2010s are the kind of resurgence of venom as a popular character. Hmm. Superior Spider-Man yeah. where Doc Ock inhabits Peter's body in this one. Yeah. In, but in, in the, this one it's Miles Morales. Time. And Ultimate Spider-Man Miles Morales, they are the 2010 Spider-Man story. Yep. So you've really got he's hits he's hits the beats. I think I agree with you. It is also my least favorite issue because I don't really like the kind of standard Doctor Doom has
1: taken over the world.
0: Yeah, it just it's, seems it's a pretty easy it's a, although I mean you can argue then again it's, a, it's not
1: a Marvel story it's a Spider-Man story so mm-hmm. as long as we're focused on Spider-Man Doctor Doom doesn't appear Doctor Doom doesn't feature it doesn't so really it, it's not it's not like wait a minute Doctor Doom isn't a Spider-Man mm-hmm. villain
0: what yeah but they do they, they I mean they hit the beats they hit the beats of Spider-Man what are the beats of Spider-Man in the 2010s all his friends New are dead teen, <laughs> Miles Morales his body his old foe Captain, Captain Doctor Pucks <laughs> comes back super villain ever. <laughs> and takes over his body and then he goes into bloody space and blows up a thing but in this all his friends are dead he's really old but also Ben this issue the final issue becomes a homage to his whole career
1: yeah but there's also a weird strange fantasy element where he has a conversation with Mary Jane on a bed but that's what I'm saying it becomes a it becomes a homage to his whole career when he yeah.
0: summons forth in the mindscape all of the various spider people to fight all his, his classic
1: villains. Aunt May ends up being the saving grace of it all. I, which I think is great. Which makes sense yeah. as, a, as a characteristic thing. So that brings us to opinions, Michael. What did, what did you think of it overall? I really liked it. I didn't. Oh, you son of a bitch. I didn't, no, but that's okay. We're allowed to disagree on this podcast. It's right, perfectly why did you, fine.
0: You say first why you didn't like it and then I will explain to you in which sense you were wrong.
1: Okay, that's fair enough. That's pretty much our entire dynamic at this point, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, so... I think I would have preferred this if I had read it in single issue, which is something I will rarely say mm. about a trade paperback. I think I needed more time. I don't think I enjoyed the pace and the jumping around as much. But I also ve- I really disliked Peter Parker in this. And I don't think that's Chip Zdarsky's fault. I think that's probably something I've just never seen in um, Peter Parker's character is what a whiny little bitch he can be. Oh, hey. Um, and how selfish he can probably be in certain mm-hmm. things and how much that flip-flopping on whether or not I should help people could actually affect other people. I think the true line of this is in issue two where Mary Jane turns around to him and says, look, I've known since you, I was 15. You've yeah. been swinging it out of your Aunt May's house. And it's like, oh no, you're so much better than all of us. And she's kind of like, you self-righteous prick. Fuck off if you're not going to give us a hand.
0: And that's your thought on Spider-Man?
1: No, 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 not at all. But I think I found it very hard to engage with that character once that flaw was pointed out to me because Chip Zdarsky doesn't have much of a redemption arc here until we get way, way later into Peter Parker's life where he can give it to Ben Reilly and slip away for a while. Um, and then he has the big self-sacrificing thing at the end of the issue. Um, I found it very difficult to like him and like I said, the pace didn't suit me. I think I probably would have preferred it if I picked it up issue by issue over time mm-hmm. and each issue had had time to sit with me. Mm-hmm. And I could have kind of... Tasted it as a fine wine. You know, mm-hmm. rolled it around my tongue a little. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't like it and I hated the art. Oh! <gasps> hated
0: it. Superstar Spider-Man artist Mark Bagley.
1: Um, because it's the same Peter Parker every time. Just with a bit of stubble or a bit of age. Oh, I'm going to make his hair white this time. Ooh-wee. That's
0: how you show ageing.
1: I, like, I don't like, eyes. I don't like, I don't know. I just don't like his art style. Get um, out of it's town. It's a personal dislike. It's, get uh, out
0: of town. Look at that splash, Ben, where they're all fighting the supervillains.
1: Yeah, but it's like a cartoon. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's that's Mark Bagley. That's why they've picked Mark Bagley for yeah, this. No, I get it. I just... Because Mark... When I opened this, Ben, when I opened this, my first thought was, yes, that is what a Spider-Man comic is supposed to look like. Yeah. And one of my favorite current Spider-Man comic artists, Ben, is... Uh, Ryan Otley Ryan Otley has a much
1: finer line than that
0: I, well, I, he, I, I would, he, I would I not I don't disagree that Ryan Otley is better than Mark Bagley but
1: I think there on does yeah. he stand the shoulders of giants well, but the good news is Michael you'll be holding on to that because I won't be taking that back to my no, collection well, I've well, no interest in it, really it. that's my gift to you Michael thank you Benjamin um, um, you can have that
0: but I disagree with you there because I think Mark Bagley is one of the definitive modern Spider-Man artists, if not the definitive modern Spider-Man artist. So when I open a Spider-Man comic and it's sort of Mark Bagley and there's a floating head in the in the Jack Romita or Steve Ditko style, I said that is what a Spider-Man comic should look like. I agree that there's certainly the ups and downs in this. Yes. But issue one is amazing. My favorite Green Goblin scene of all time is that one in the bar.
1: It's very good. Very excellent. Those, the, that opening issue, issue number one, is incredibly strong. Well,
0: also the easiest one to work with because, you know, he's a 15-year-old Spider-Man doing yeah, 15-year-old no, Spider-Man but, things. Well,
1: that's the definitive Spider-Man for most people. You
0: aren't going off into, here's what this would have been like if he was age-appropriate. Yeah. But I really like the fact, I. one of my issues with comics has always been that I don't really... I wish they would just age characters normally and let them die and let them get old and... Yeah, that's not how car books work.
1: That's not how merchandising works. Well, it could be. Um, oh, We're we'll saying about twenty years time, the copyright laws are going to have to have a fairly fairly made. Anyway, ah, that's sort of not, of what, this, of that's of not what this. That's not what this podcast heard. is about. Um, what well, I was going to say, issue one and three are probably the two strongest issues for me.
0: I would tend to agree with you there. I, well, I thought I think issue two was also very good, but look. This is what I was saying. I really like the fact that he hasn't glossed over the less popular stuff. I
1: I think probably what made this so popular for people is this is a true round of applause for Mm Spider-Man. And more importantly, it's kind of a reaffirming of who Spider-Man is to his fans. Mm -hmm. And in this room, Michael, Mm -hmm. the one of us who is most attached to Spider-Man would be you.
0: Well, I'm more attached to Spider-Man than you for sure.
1: But but that's what, I, that's what I mean. I don't think it's made for me. I think it's made for Spider-Man fans. No, sorry, sorry.
0: I, what I'm saying is I'm more attached to Spider-Man than you. I'm more attached to Spider-Man than I am to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, I got you. I got you with my web slingers. Yeah, okay, that's it for this week, ladies. No, now hold on. Oh, I have more to say. <laughs> I think... I don't know... No, you know what, Ben? I'll just flat out say it. This what? is a comic for Spider-Man fans. I, that's what I just... Said. No, but you didn't. You didn't say it as concisely as I'm about to say it. If you are not a Spider Man fan, there's not a lot here for you. No. Because it's a very fast paced story, you're right. How many people would buy this that aren't Spider-Man fans anyway?
1: Oh no, that's perfectly true. I'm just, uh, from a point of view of, that's why we do collect initiatives, Michael. We're reviewing a a trade paperback and I think if you are a Spider-Man fan, absolutely, go out, pick this up, give it a read, especially if you're a long-time Spider-Man fan. Get Mm -hmm. yourself out and get this book Because it's well-written. I have no issues with the writing. I have no issues with the art in general. It's just not my preference. It's very well-done art. There's nothing janky about it. No, 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 no. no. You're backtracking. I really hate this art why you hate On it? a personal level. It's just everything I don't like about a certain type of art. There's heavy lines, garish colours. It's just something I don't enjoy. But it's good. It suits the story. I think he could have done a little bit more effort when it came to different time periods and dresses. That would have
0: been interesting if the if they had got like a... It wouldn't probably wouldn't have been good. But if they'd done a... A Steve Ditko artist for the 60s issue. I would have enjoyed that. And they'd done a. Who would they have got for the 70s? John Romita? Denny O'Neill? Was he a Spider Man guy? Still, well, he wasn't
1: uh, a Spider Man guy, but he was a great 70s guy. Yeah, mm. yeah no, but you want a 70s guy. Yeah, Spider-Man you want a 70s Spider Man guy. And yeah. then for
0: the 90s, you might have had. Uh, Seth? You Seth back? Seth no, not Seth. Seth. What's his name? Todd McFarlane? Todd, there we you go. You might have got Todd McFarlane, McFarlane for I the 90s. <laughs> yeah, Todd McFarlane. Mark for Bagley for the 2000s. Yeah, you could have gotten Mark. And I don't know, for the moderns.
1: Silvestri It uh, was Mark Silvestri I, I haven't no really he was 90s from, Silvestri was 90s, was 90s. Well, yeah. you could have gotten for the no for the 2000 I don't know who did him in 2000 I don't
0: know who you get him for the 2000 who's the kind of what notorious it, uh, bloody
1: uh, Chris what's his name Chris O'Dowd Chris
0: O'Dowd bloody tall Irishman yeah, bloody Chris. Love you Chris. Well yeah, that I mean there's certainly something that could have been said for that for getting I mean like Steve Ditko's I think dead, as obviously. a
1: distinctive homage I think as this work. Do you know Steve one of the things I loved about this mm-hmm. was the covers. Yes. And Chip Zdarsky designed all the covers. Did he? Yeah, it's all included there in the back of the book. Um Chip Zdarsky did all the covers and the covers are magnificent. Um they are a beautiful homage to the different time periods and a beautiful homage to Spider-Man in those mm-hmm. different time periods. There's a
0: Steve Ditko cover for the 60s.
1: It's very good. Uh, In terms of that, like that was really what you just discussed, Michael, where you had a different artist for a different thing. Oh, yeah, look. Chip Starsky managed to do all that.
0: Car Andrews has done a kind of Todd McFarlane cover.
1: Yeah, there's a whole sequence of those and they're great. See, that's interesting. They're great. I would have loved to have seen that in each issue. But look, Michael, as you said. Your favourite, Andrea Sorrentino. I love Andrea Sorrentino. What what a man. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty fine man. Do do. But anyway, if you're a Spider-Man fan, this is the one for you. If they like this, Michael, what else can they read? Read Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man I mean, is a good shout.
0: Ultimate Spider-Man is the exact opposite of this, in that this is Spider-Man's life story condensed into six issues, and Ultimate Spider-Man is life's, uh, sp- Ultimate, uh, Spider-Man's life story expanded out over multiple, multiple issues. I don't think he becomes Spider-Man until issue six
1: yeah no it's true it's, it's, stretch. it's a stretch um,
0: like it's a very different read it's but the art style is comparable seeing as there by the same guy
1: yeah Um. in terms of what I would recommend to read if you're a fan of this I don't really know Michael Craven's Last Hunt is always a good show it's, it's a very good comic very, it's very, very good very comic famous. very good comic if you're into some mad stuff read all the the black what was the name of the uh, Blackthorn is it Blackthorn is that the name of the asylum where all the clone saga and carnage stuff uh, takes place? Yeah. if you're into some mental 80s shenanigans that's that's a bit of crack uh, down there watch the 1994 animated series if you're into yeah, some classic Spider-Man morality and stuff like that
0: I like uh, Invincible Invincible was a good show I've mentioned um, Invincible because
1: Invincible I think Invincible became everything the Marvel Ultimate Universe wanted to be
0: in a lot of ways but also Invincible did what this comic retroactively do- had to do which, streamlined no in- invincible tells the story of someone getting older oh yeah he, he gets al- like he gets older in invincible he goes through the stages of life and he doesn't constantly get reset back to being you know around 25ish reboot 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 so, uh, i mean invincible is 12 volumes long and this is six issues but they achieve largely the same thing of being A superhero's life story. With
1: better art in most places. Oh. Uh, But anyway, look, it's personal preference, like I said. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, what did you think? Are you a Spider-Man fan? Was it too much for you? Let us know down below. Get in touch with us. There are many, 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 many places you can get in touch with us here at the podcast. You can get in touch with us at SeomerBug.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com It means tiny room in Irish. It does indeed. We are on Instagram at SeomerBug. Uh, you can give us suggestions, ideas, thoughts for otherwise. Um, if you're looking to give us a Christmas Did present... you say
0: thoughts or thoughts?
1: Thoughts. Well, I okay, mean, don't good. send us thoughts. They're very hard to get in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, but by all means, send us suggestions for thoughts. Um, If you would like to get in touch with us, or if you want to give us an out Christmas present, give us a review or a like or a subscribe on the YouTube channel and a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be amazing for us here at the podcast. If you're going to join us again in two weeks, we will be looking at the brand new Lucifer from the Dreaming Universe, um, which is written by Dan Waters and illustrated by the Fiumara Brothers. It is from Vertigo Comics. Um, I thought Vertigo died. Uh, yeah, So did everybody else. But no, apparently not. not oh, they're yet. fine. They got better. Um, they got better. Um, so we'll be looking at that in two weeks, which is an extension of the Sandman universe and a continuation of Neil Gaiman's very famous Lucifer character. Um, there's a TV show about him and all. We'll
0: talk about that in two weeks. Though. Talk about that in two weeks. Bye. Bye.